Are you ready for the word today? Is anybody ready for the word? While you're standing, why don't you grab your Bibles and go to the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus is my assignment. As I mentioned, uh, Apostle Rayleigh and Pastor Dawn, their family is getting some time away. And so today you've got Pastor Josh. That's what you got. You got Pastor Josh with you. And so I know some of you ask, you say, Pastor Josh, we don't see you as much. I'm on a Calvary campus every single week somewhere. I was in Panama City. I've been in Orlando, NSB. I am somewhere every week because how many know they need some word too? Come on, wherever they go to church. And we're trying to make sure they get some word. But I feel like God has something to say. We are back in our vision series, Welcome Home. This series is called Welcome Home. And it's about our vision. We started in February talking about revival. And how many know it happened? And we never got to the rest of the, the vision series. And so we're going to talk about some things in the coming, week, uh, coming weeks that are so important to this house. It's who we are. It's what we believe in. What's, what's mattered. It matters the most to us. And so I want you to make sure that you lean in. Exodus chapter 3. I feel like preaching just a little bit. This will be a good note-taking day. Exodus 3, verses 1 through 6. And if you've got it, say amen. Oh, I feel that same anointing coming over me again. Here it is. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro and his father-in-law and the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. And he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. I've read six verses, but I really wanted to sit down. And verse 2, it says that God to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush God wants me to preach a posture today to his people God said it's time for his church to go up in flames in a culture where everything is going down in flames it's time it's time for the church to go up in flames. Let me pray and I'll preach. Father, I thank you for what I sense and what I feel. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. As you're seated, just look at somebody and say, it's time to go up in flames. If there's anything today I believe that remains elusive to many people in the body of Christ and in the world in general is that there are many people still trying to figure out why they exist. There are suicide rates are up and depression is up and anxiety is up and mental health is at an all-time weird place because many people simply don't know who they are or why they were created. Many people in this life will do what after what after what without ever discovering why. They will date what and hang with what and job what and that what or whatever what without ever knowing why and then wonder why they are bitter and confused and depressed and anxious because everything they have chosen to do has only found them being unsatisfied. We must, before we go up in flames, be the kind of people who know who we are and why we exist. Because before you came into the earth, you were a purpose before you even had a name. 
in God in eternity past, you weren't a person, you were a purpose. Your parents gave you a name. God gave you a purpose. And everybody in the world around us is looking for the same thing. We all want to know what is our purpose. Why do I exist? You're trying to shake the bitterness and the confusion in your life. Let me tell you how you shake it. You shake it by discovering your purpose. Because when you know your purpose, you know everything you need to keep moving forward despite your circumstances. And by the way, knowing who you are has its advantages. Come on, y'all, talk to me. I said knowing who you are has its advantages. Do you realize that one of the greatest blessings of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not? I said one of the greatest blessings of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Some of you in this room, the reason why you compete with everybody, you gossip about everybody, you complain about everything, you fight with everyone, is because you don't know who you are. And God is banking on the fact that before you do anything from him, you'll discover yourself. See, that's the problem of the 21st century church is because we spend more time discerning people than we do discovering us. Look at somebody around you say, mind your business. Say it nice. Come on, somebody. We at church. But look at them and say, mind your business. Do you realize that for all that God has put in you, you don't have time to worry about other people? Do you realize that for everything God has deposited, come on, you don't have time to get in anybody else's stuff? Do you realize how much more powerful you'd be and more effective you'd be if you started worrying more about you than you did everybody else around you? See, some of you don't even know, but God is banking on you, discovering you. He is banking on the fact uh, that you're going to take enough time to look inside and say, there is more to me than what I even know that's a word for somebody there's more to you than what you know I don't care if you're 80 I don't care if you're 60 I don't care if you're 40 I don't care if you went through tragedy I don't care I feel like preaching now I don't care if you went through trial I don't care if you went through trauma there is still more to you than what you know there are some things oh I feel the anointing that God hid on the inside of you how do you know that Pastor Josh the Bible says that God puts treasure in earthen vessels uh, and if you stop digging then you've stopped discovering but I feel like I'm in a room with some people today who've made up their mind that for the rest of the year I'm going to dig uh, until I see every gift every anointing uh, every blessing uh, every ounce of favor in my life uh, if I've got some people who are about to discover who they are somebody give God some praise uh, to let him know I'm about to discover myself the reason you're trying to be like everybody else is because you've never discovered you. Why does Hollywood have so much control? Because we don't discover us. You wouldn't need them if you knew you. It has its advantages. When you know who you are, you know who you're not. And do you know how much easier it is to make decisions when you know who you're not? Because if you're not part of my purpose, I can love you, but I can't hang with you. If you're not a part of my, come on, purpose, I can put the resume, but I don't need that job. You can make some decisions. See, some of you are wondering why it's so hard to make decisions. It's because you have not allowed some discernment in your life to help guide you into purpose. You need purpose. If there is ever a time in the earth God's people need to be living intentionally and on purpose, it's right now. And I know you might want to shout and dance, but this is not the moment of the service. I need you to think. Because some of us have made our Christianity experiential. And the only way we're happy with church is when we feel. Y'all ain't ready for me today. And we gauge church like we gauge the newest movie. How did it make us feel while we were there? You didn't come in this room to feel. 
came in this room to be encountered. And when God encounters you, sometimes he encounters your physical body and it'll make you shout or dance. But there are sometimes he'll come in this room and he will encounter your mind because he needs you to be transformed. You're not transformed just because you shout and dance. You're transformed by the renewing. The renewing of your mind. Some of you, your breakthrough isn't in the greatest song. Your next breakthrough is in changing your mind to allow it to align with the mind and heart of God. You need purpose. Get back to it, Josh. You need purpose. You need purpose. And I know what some of you are saying, Pastor Josh. How do I discover my purpose? I'm glad you asked. Because the first thing you need to discover your purpose is you need passion. When God gives you purpose, he will always give it the fuel of passion. There are some things you get fired up about, and there are some things you don't. There are some things, when it's your turn to do it, you get excited. And then there's some things, when it comes time to do it, you don't. I get excited to watch the ball game. I am not so thrilled when Natasha wants me to go shopping. I can say it because she ain't here. Come on, somebody. I feel good about it. Hallelujah. But there are some things that God will let you know it's yours by what it does to you when you get close to it. There are some ministries in this church that aren't for you. Oh, I'm going to liberate you. I'm going to liberate you. There are some ministries here that aren't for you. But there is some ministry here that is. And how do I find which one is mine and which one is not? It's the passion I feel while I do it. What am I trying to tell somebody? I'm trying to tell you, stop doing stuff that doesn't matter. And find where the passion is and throw your whole self at it. Some of you have never had the full blessing of God and the full weight of glory and anointing because you have never thrown your full self at something. Well, how do I get to throw my full self? I get focused. Oh, am I helping anybody today? I said you get focused. And the more focused you are, Pastor Josh, is this Bible, it sounds a lot like a TED Talk. Yes, Paul said it like this. Paul said this one thing. He started off the ministry saying, what things can I do? But by the time he got to the point where he was working his best, he didn't say he still did many things. He said, this one thing I do, that's what you're trying to get your life down to. The one thing you were made to do, the one thing you were created to do, the one thing you were anointed to do. And I came to tell you it exists. And I came to tell you that when you find it, God will get behind you. When you find it, the anointing will get behind you. Some of you know you're purpose because where you are most purpose you are most anointed if I had to lead the songs y'all wouldn't come to church here anymore I'm not anointed to do it I have no passion to do it I leave that to John and the team but if you want a word If you want some Bible, come on, y'all ain't saying nothing. If you want something from that book from another world, I'm your guy. I'm your guy. Because every time I get near that book, that book starts talking to me. Every time I start kneeling in prayer, God starts speaking to me. Every time I touch this microphone, I turn from meek and mild Josh to a wild man hollering, spitting why? Because the anointing is attracted to purpose. I said the anointing is attracted to purpose. You need purpose. The the first thing you need to discover purpose is passion. Number two, got to hurry. The second thing you need and the one that most people never get is in order for you to find your purpose, you need a problem. Oh, nobody amen that. Because in 2023, we want to run from problems. We don't like problems, but you'll never find purpose if you run from problems. Is it possible that God only lets you see what you're called to solve? Is it possible that that's why Jesus never had a Pharisee on his team? Why? Because Pharisees were good problem seers. 
I said, Pharisees were good problem seers. They could tell you what was wrong with everything. Reminds me of some church people. The lights were too dark. The lights were too high. The song was too loud. It, was too, it wasn't loud enough. Preacher hollers too much. Preacher doesn't holler enough. Are we going to shout? When are we going to sing my song? It sounds like some church people. But can I tell you that the call couldn't be Pharisees because all they were were problem seers, but the disciples were men like doctors, fishermen, tax collectors. Well, what's the difference between the Pharisee and the disciple? One sees the problem, the other solves the problem they see. See, you are not ready, come on, for the next dimension until you graduate from just seeing problems uh, to being the person that says, if God let me see it, maybe it's my calling to solve it. What would the world look like? What would Ormond Beach look like? What would your family look like? What would your job look like? If you made up your mind that God, every problem you let me see like that, that has my passion in, I'm going to run headlong into it and I'm going to solve it. And God says, when you start acting like that, you're going to see me do some stuff through you you have never seen me do before is there anybody ready to solve some stuff because everything can I go deeper because everything that was was ever created was only created to solve a problem we had a problem with knowing the time and so somebody created the watch the creation of the watch is for the problem of figuring out what the time. Watch this. We came into the earth naked. That's a problem. Come on, y'all, don't be religious. And somebody said, we got to solve that problem. So they made clothes. Watch this. For everything, for every time there's a point of creation, creation is God's way of saying, I'm going to solve. What am I trying to tell you? You're not dead yet. You're not six feet under yet, it, which means if you have breath and you're still alive, that means there's still a problem. Come on, y'all, talk to That means there's still a problem out there for your life to solve. If God hasn't taken you home, you still have purpose. I don't care what age you are, you still have purpose. And everybody wants purpose, and you need to discover your purpose. But just because you have a purpose doesn't mean you're ready for it. Just because you know your why doesn't mean it's time for you to do your why. Which means that for every person in this room who's going to discover and walk in purpose, there is a precursor. The precursor to purpose, and it's what I came to preach about today, is, watch this, preparation. And we will shout about purpose, take classes about purpose, take notes about purpose, discover purpose. But the moment you discover purpose, get ready, God is going to come in with a season of preparation. Because if you can do it quickly and by yourself, it is not God. I just set somebody free right there. I said, if you can do it quickly and by yourself, it's not God. God will take you through seasons of preparation. Why? So you can stand up in your purpose prepared. We used to sing old songs. I remember some old songs. Pastor John, I might need you to get you to help me sing it because I can't sing. We used to sing this song. We used to sing, Lord, prepare me. Am I doing all right? To be a sanctuary. Pure and holy, tried and true. Oh, I feel it. Come on, y'all. With thanksgiving, I'll be a sanctuary for you. Hey. We used to sing songs, watch this, like, Lord, prepare me. We don't sing songs like that no more. We sing songs like, Lord, bless me. Because in 2023... We want purpose without preparation. And we want destiny microwaved. Yeah. 
We want a get it now, have it today kind of purpose and destiny. And if you want it quick, you will always forfeit great. Oh, are you here? Come on, y'all. You're getting my heavy stuff today. I said, if you want it quick, you will always forfeit great. I went into a 7-Eleven the other day. They had sushi. I said, I'm going to pass on the 7-Eleven sushi. It'd be scary if you walked up in the, up in the racetrack and they're serving filet mignon. Why? Because the good stuff doesn't go quick. I said, the good stuff doesn't happen quick. If you want it to be great, it takes a process. It takes preparation. It takes some slow cooking. Come on, y'all. It takes some marinating. It takes some time. And for the people in this room who understand what God is about to do, don't get too quick on God. Stay in the pocket. Hang out in the season of preparation, and you'll find out how good God really is. Do you realize that purpose is a curse for the unprepared? I'm going to say it again. Purpose is a curse for the unprepared. Can you imagine if I would have gotten up here today unprepared? What would have been a blessing prepared would have turned into a curse if I forfeited my preparation. Some of you don't even understand it, but you are in purpose, but you're not prepared. And you keep forfeiting and wonder why things fall through, wondering why things aren't happening for you, why you aren't going to another level, why, why you're not being promoted. It's because you have not given yourself over to being submitted to the preparation as much as you wanted the purpose. Am I helping anybody? So if you want purpose, you need preparation. You need God to sit you down in a season and teach you some things and show you some things. And I found out that when God gets ready to do preparation, not purpose, preparation, he will always shift you into a season of isolation. And somebody's life just made sense right there. You have been wondering why people left you and why things left you and why the season changed on you and why all of a sudden the people that were there in that season aren't there now and you're trying to figure it all out. What just happened to me? And God says, stop crying about it and start praising me for it because you have just entered. You have just entered a season of preparation. Don't cry another day. Don't weep another tear. Stand up and give me praise because I have just announced to the world through your isolation, you're about to get ready. You're about to start moving. You're about to start being blessed. I'm about to start shifting your life. Is there anybody in the room who says, God, I'm ready. I'm ready. Prepare me. Prepare me. Prepare me. I'll never cry another tear. I'll thank you for the season of isolation. You will never show me greatness in Scripture of a man or a woman that was not preceded by some level of isolation. It's David shepherding sheep. It's Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. So oftentimes when God wants to do it big, he gets you alone. Which means that oftentimes, when God starts preparing you, he disturbs you. You will know God really loves you by how much he disturbs you. Because some of y'all want this mic, and you want to preach, but you're not ready to get up at 3 a.m., when God says, all right, you're going to pray the next two hours. So, you see, 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 y'all ain't ready. You want what I got without doing what I did. God will disturb you over and over. And every time you start to get comfortable, God will say, nah, this ain't it. And he will disturb the nest and make you fly. 
Some of you right now in your life, it's one disturbance after another, after another, after another, and you keep going back to the same nest, uh, trying to roost, uh, trying to get comfortable again. But you're now uncomfortable in something you used to be comfortable in. And you're wondering, why am I uncomfortable in something I used to be comfortable? It's because God says it's time to fly. That's a word for every uncomfortable person in this season, whether it be at your job, whether it be with the season that you're in. You're saying, I'm so uncomfortable. Nothing fits right. Nothing feels right. That's God's way of saying, are you ready to fly? See, that's what the Holy Ghost is asking somebody who's all uncomfortable. Are you ready to fly? Are you ready to go higher? Are you ready to go further? Are you ready to go deeper? Are you ready to see those dreams I put in your heart come to pass? Are you ready to see the promises of God come to pass in your life? If I'm talking to somebody in the room who's ready to see it, who's ready to fly, make some noise for Jesus right now. All of your discomfort is God saying I'm about to deliver you you don't believe me ask a pregnant woman the closer to birth oh I feel the anointing y'all the closer to birth the less comfortable she is and at the moment of birth she is her most uncomfortable could it be that this uncomfortable feeling in your spirit is God's way of saying, yeah, you're going to fly? Or to somebody, he's saying, you're just about to give birth. I don't know who that's for, but that's for somebody who's been in a waiting season in your life uh, and you've got some things on the inside. God says, get ready. I'm just about to take it from the inside to the outside. You're about to give birth uh, before 2024. You're about to birth some things and God is about to take you to another level. God will disturb you and it'll disturb your comfort when it's time to go. Because some of us, can I go deeper? Y'all pulling on me. Because some of us, if God didn't disturb us, we would stay too long. That's why some of you were so frustrated. You stayed too long. You heard God say yes and you still stayed. You second-guess God and wonder why you're bitter. So God comes along the way and says, I won't let you stay. I will make it so miserable for you in this nest that you have to move. Pastor Josh, why are you preaching this? Because this is the beginning of my text is that Moses, who is a man of purpose, has now started to be prepared. And God says, for your preparation, I can't leave you in Egypt. Because I don't want Egypt's influence in your destiny. So how uncomfortable did God make Moses? God got him so uncomfortable that he committed murder. Some of y'all look shocked. I said that. Read your Bible. The Bible says he looked at what was happening one day to some of his people, and it made him so mad. It got him so passionate. The deliverer in him started to stand up, and he, got so, he killed a man. Now, I am not recommending murder. Somebody say amen, amen. before they put that on YouTube. But God forced him through extreme circumstances outside of Egypt just to be prepared. And Moses goes to the backside of the desert. Low, dry, lonely. But the Bible says, watch this, that on the backside of the desert was Mount Horeb. The mountain of God. Hold on. In the place I don't want to go is normally the place I find out something about God I have never found out. There are some things you will never see in God until you let God take you. <sighs> 
places you don't want to go. There are some things you will never see in your family or in your life until you let God push you so far out of you that the only thing you can see is him. And Moses spends time in preparation. And the Bible says that, well, the Bible doesn't say it, but theologians tell us that when he goes here, he is 40 years old. Now, for some of us, that's crazy because 40 in our world is prime. And some of us tell God no because we say, God, we're in our prime. Oh, help me do it. It's quiet. Nobody in their prime years signs up for preparation. In your prime, you're supposed to be in prime time. Who in the world gives up their prime? Come on, y'all. For preparation. But God says the bigger it is, the stronger it is, the greater it is. You're going to have to be willing to give up seasons of your life that you call prime. Because who, oh, because who's to say in this room what prime really is? Prime is only prime to you because you think it's prime. But if God ever gets in your corner, come on, y'all, talk to me. I said, if God ever gets in your corner and you say, God, it might be prime to me, but if it's preparation to you, I would rather side with your preparation than be constricted by my prime. And God says, watch what I do. Who said 40 is prime? Who said I can't make you live to 120? Who said I can't make you live past what the doctor said you can live? Who's the one that said you had to do all your great stuff by 33? The devil is a liar. I feel like telling every saint of God in this room, your time is not finished. God is not not done. You're just about to see what prime looks like when you submit your life to God. And so God shoves him to the backside of a desert and he's preparing him and he's got him practicing on sheep because whatever God lets you practice on, he lets you perform on. Is this too heavy for a Sunday morning? So I'm letting you practice on herding sheep because one day you're going to herd people. So your practice always leads to your performance. You're fishing fish, but one day you're going to fish men. You better watch how you treat your practice because if you forsake your practice, you might not get a chance at performance. God is watching how you're handling your practice because you are practicing now for what you're going to perform on later. And so God is preparing a purposed man who isn't saved, doesn't know who he is. Come on, don't think Moses was saved out here. See, I just, I just killed your Sunday school teacher's view of Moses. No, 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 no. He was raised in Egyptian culture. He ain't, he ain't saying, I give my life to Jesus. He hadn't done that yet. He is out there being prepared. God is preparing the man whom he has called. And you thought today, as I wrap this thing up, I was going to preach on Moses. None of my sermon is really about Moses. Play soft, Demetrius. Because what I really wanted to show you was that while God was preparing the man, that wasn't the only thing he was preparing. See, what you don't even know right now is that while your saved self sits here in this service, hearing messages about purpose and calling, God is out there somewhere on the backside of a desert calling his next Moses. He is in an office cubicle right now. Y'all ain't hearing me. 
He's in a restaurant back room right now. He's in a business right now. My God, he is on the beach right now talking to somebody and he's wooing them and he's drawing them and he's saying there's more to your life than where you are. Your life's been crazy and he has been out there. Don't think you're Moses in this story. No, no, no. Moses is out there in Volusia County somewhere. He's out there in a school. He's out there at a job. He's out there. He's out there. He's being prepared. So who are you? While God was preparing Moses, he had already prepared a bush. Because for whoever God is preparing, he gets ahead of it and finds somebody whom he can prepare. And so in the story, you're not Moses. I'm preaching today that you are the bush. You are. You are the bush. You are the bush. You're the bush. You're the bush. You're the one that God has been searching right where they are. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Right where they've been living. Right at the job. Right in the family. He said, can I use you? No, can't you? Can I use you? Can I use you? And finally, God found somebody in that environment. I feel the anointing. I found somebody in that environment, in that sphere, in that world. I found something that said, you can use me. Is there anybody in the room who says, oh, Pastor Josh, God can use me. I want God to use me. I don't care what people say. I'm putting away my selfish ambition. God, use me. If you're looking, if you're looking at schools, if you're looking at my business, if you're looking at my family, find me. I'm here. I say yes. Is there anybody saying, God, use me? And so God sees a bush that says yes. He says, I am going to plant you right here. See, where you are planted isn't an accident. God planted you, watch it, on purpose. That family you're in, that job you're in, Wherever you're at, it's on purpose. You are the one God planted there. You are the one God said put roots down. Well, God, this ain't my end, is it? No, no, no. You don't see your end now. But if you'll trust me, I am in control of your life. And I will never plant you in a place that won't prosper you eventually. And so God finds the bush. I'm done. He plants it there. And then he says to the bush, I'm about to do something in you, hear this church, that you have never seen. I'm about to do something in you, watch this, they've never seen. I'm about to get in you the thing they've seen. Do something in you I've never done. So that when they turn and look at you, they will see something they have never seen. Can I prophesy what's about to happen? God is about to find some men and women in this room who he can set down on the inside of again. He's about to find some submitted, committed, come on, dedicated men and women who are about his mission and his kingdom who say, God, set down on the inside of me. God, change me. Change my mind. Change my heart. Let me see the lost the way you see them. Let me see Moses the way you see him. I know it's a dry desert, but God, let me turn this into an oasis. Uh, if you have, come on, if I have you, God, use me prepare me watch done and so the bush says God use me God says I'm going to set down in you Whew, hallelujah I'm going to get inside you and I'm going to do something this region has never seen before and so the stage is set I'm done Moses is being drawn. God has planted the bush in the path of Moses. You have been planted in the path 
of lost and dying and broken people. And where God planted you, you have one responsibility, is to see the lost and to make sure that nobody gets by you without knowing God. And so Moses is coming. The bush is planted. Can you imagine? I've waited my whole life for this. I'm just a bush. Nobody even knew I existed. But God said, it's my time. And God said, here comes Moses. Bush, it's showtime. And Bush says, okay, God. Okay, God. What are we going to do? God said, I'm going to get inside you. And I'm going to set you on fire. I feel some coming all over me. Because back in the day, we didn't come to church to get a quick little sermon. We came to church to get set on fire. We didn't come to sing a couple songs and hear a preacher preach. We came in this room to burn. And if there was a part of our life that wasn't burning, we said, God, set it on fire. Set it on fire. Out there, somebody, lift up your hands. Open up your mouth and say, God, set me on fire again. Set me on fire with purpose. Set me on fire with passion. Set me on fire with your Holy Ghost. I can't go another day being who I used to be set me on fire now take 30 seconds and ask the Holy Ghost to build a flame to burn 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 Holy Ghost burn burn Spirit of God burn he said I feel something about to happen. The responsibility of the bush was to let God burn. And the Lord told me that some of you have lost your flame. And God said even worse, some of them, Pastor John, have given their flame over to another lover. Because everything in the kingdom is flammable. You will burn for something. We have so many idols that are stealing our flame. Idols of sports. Idols of our career. Idols of money. Idols of relationships. And God is saying, I'm trying to use you to change the world. Will you let my flame come in your life? Watch. Well, how do you know the difference? He got shot. How do you know the difference between his flame and another? When another flame comes into your life, it will set you on fire. But here's the problem. It won't stop till it takes you down in flames. The alcohol comes to take you down in flames. The lust comes to take you down in flames. The drugs come to take you down in flames. It will burn, but it will burn you to the ground so that you cannot be used. But when God burns on the inside of you, He will set you on fire. And here's the difference. Is that when he starts burning, you don't move into lesser. You move into greater. You don't burn down. Come on. You don't burn down. Come on. I said, you don't burn down in God. In God, you don't go down in flames. In God, you go. You go up in flames. Up in flames. When Moses saw the burning bush, that's not what made him turn. The thing that got his attention was that this bush burned differently than every other burning bush I had ever seen. The world is watching what kind of fire you have. 
Statistics, let me help you. Statistics tell us with death rates that approximately every eight seconds, somebody goes to hell without knowing Jesus. They suffer in flames because you never burn. Tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, hell, tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, hell, tick. Do you hear me? God is trying to tell his church that the world is dying and the world is going to a real hell without him. But he is trying to alert you this morning that you are the answer. You are the burning bush they've been waiting on. You are the one to tell them, welcome home. You're the one to tell them, Moses, this is not your home. There's another home. There's another place. And I hear the Lord saying today that if you would be willing, God would set you on fire again to the place where you won't let another Moses pass you by, another moment pass you by. If you're in this room, lift up your hands to heaven and say, God, all across this room, God, set me on fire. Come on, we're finishing here. Set me on fire. Set me on fire. Set me on fire, Lord. Set me on fire, Lord. Come on, tell him, say, burn in me, Jesus. Burn in me, Jesus. All right, here we go. here's what we're going to do. Thank you, Holy Ghost. He's talking. I know it's not Pentecost Sunday, but I hear the Lord saying that for the next few minutes, there's about to be a release of fire. Holy Ghost fire. If you're in this room today and you say, Pastor Josh, I want to be a bush set on fire. I want to be a bush set on fire. On the count of three, I want you to get to this altar. I don't care how long you've been in church. I don't care how long you've been in God. If you're ready for some fresh fire in your life, come one. Hell yeah, they're already coming. Two, come on, three, get here. Get here. Get here. Get here. Get here. Get here. I'm ready for fresh fire. I'm ready for fresh anointing. I'm ready for something fresh, 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 fresh. I'm ready for something fresh, fresh. I'm ready for something fresh. I want fresh fire. If that's you, come, come from the balcony, come. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. Set me on fire. I want our prayer teams to get ready. I want our pastors to get ready. There's about to be an impartation of fire. This is about evangelism. This house burns to see the lost know Jesus. We burn to invite people to church. We burn to bring people in this house. We burn to do it. Real soft. This house is a house of evangelism. We are not burdened to do it. We burn to do it. When Moses approached the bush, the bush must have said, this is nerve-wracking. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't even know how to act. And God says, don't worry about any of that. I'm going to make the ground holy. Come on, y'all, see it. When it's time to do ministry, he's going to make the ground holy. And then when it comes time for you to figure out what to say, the Bible says God spoke to Moses from the bush. When you get ready to share your faith and evangelize, God said, don't worry about it. I'm going to take over your mouth. Now I know, oh, y'all ain't ready. Now I know what Jesus said. Jesus, or they said in John, Jesus, they said Jesus would be the baptizer. And he would baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with So speaking in tongues, the baptism of the Spirit is a sign that the bush is ablaze. Church, hear our apostles' heart. Hear my heart. We burn to see people come in this house and know Jesus. We burn. That's why we do outreach. That's why we do connections. That's why we do first impressions. That's why there's people in the parking lot. We want burning people. That's why we share a faith wherever, not just with a mic. So here's the question. Are you ready for a fresh flame? 
if you're ready, oh, I feel the fire of God. Hey, I felt it coming on me. I want you, I want a fresh flame of the Holy Ghost in my life. Come on, slip up your hands right now. Pastor John is about to sing and prayer team, I want you to lay hands on as many people as possible. Father, I pray over this prayer team. Let the fire of God be in their hands. Father, I pray as they lay their hands, let, it, let the fire of God be in their hands. And Father, I thank you that every person here is about to get a fresh burning touch of the Holy Ghost. Are you ready? Are you ready to receive it? Come on, lift those hands to heaven. Come on, Pastor John. Come on, Pastor John. Are you ready? Prayer team, on the count of three, lay your hands. Lay your hands. Fresh, fresh, burn, woman of God. Burn. Ready? One. Hallelujah. Two, three. Come on, lay your hands on them. Lay your hands on them. Go ahead, Pastor John. Come on now, if you're in the audience, come on, lift your hands and sing with me. Where the flame has dwindled. Burn! 
just to you there is a fresh fire coming on your life you've been desiring this you've been walking through some things and you've been going God why and God said I just made it all make sense but now there's about to be an impartation not only are you the one being drawn but God is drawing people to you as I lay my hands the fire of the Holy Ghost comes on you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet baptize her now Holy Ghost baptize her now not another second yeah yeah burn Spirit of God burn 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 Holy Ghost burn 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 now Spirit of God okay that's the last thing come on pray in the Holy Ghost for just a moment Father make us make us make this church a burning bush that people turn aside to see make this church a burning bush in Volusia County make our campuses burning bushes Lord in New Smyrna Beach Palm Coast This is how the Lord said I was to end this moment. God said, I don't want half of you. I don't want three quarters of you. I don't want a compromised version of you. I want you and I want it all. We have played too long. We have played church too long and wondered why the enemy has taken swaths of ground. Wonder why our children, because we burned in compromise. Hear me. If there is an area of your life that is unsubmitted to God, a struggle, a fight something in your life you are wrestling against I'm talking about hidden and secret sin God said I want that today this fire is not intimidated by your dirt so with every head bowed every eye closed there's an area of your life I'm done after this I feel the Lord strong in here. There's an area of your life that you say, Pastor Josh, it's not where it needs to be. I'm struggling and I need to repent and let God burn it out of my life. If I'm talking to you on the count of three, slip up a hand. I got an area of my life I got to submit to God. The hands are going up now. Raise your hands if I'm talking to you. I'm about to pray a prayer over your life. And as I'm praying, I want you to pray, but I'm gonna, I want you to ask God, God, burn this part of me out. Take over. I want to live clean and pure before you. Jesus baptizes us with fire. Why the fire? 
burn it out and to burn within. He is the flame of fire we need. Are you ready? I want you to call it out in prayer right there where you, whatever your issue is, whatever your concern is. I'm about to pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is ministering all across this altar right now. I come against perversion and lust and the secret sin of pornography. Holy Ghost, burn it out. Father, I come against now addiction to nicotine, to drugs, to pills, to prescription. In the name of Jesus, Spirit of God, burn it out. I come against those devilish lies that would have us believe something contrary, burn it out. Father, I ask you, burn out anxiety, burn out depression, burn out weariness, burn out, God, our attitude that's not aligned with you. Burn it, burn it. Come on, begin to pray. I'm telling you, it's happening. It's happening, it's happening, it's happening. Burn it, burn it out, Lord. Tell him, burn it out, Holy Ghost. I serve every demonic force notice. Today is your last day afflicting God's people with compromise. You've stayed hidden long enough. The fire of God is burning you out. Now take the last 10 seconds and pray over yourself right now. Come on, begin to tell him, God, burn it, burn it. Thank you, Lord, for burning it. Thank you, Lord, for burning it out. Burn it out, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for burning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, burn it, burn it, Lord. You're burning it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lying tongues, gossiping mouths, burn it out. Burn it out, Lord. Burn it out. Father, I pray over the nation of America. Burn, 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 Spirit of God in America. Burn, burn in your people. Burn out, burn it out. Burn it out, Lord. Can, can I be really bold before I finish this? I'm about to pray for something that I don't think I've ever prayed for. I'm going to ask the Holy Ghost to burn out human trafficking. The last time I stood up here, Father's Day, two years ago, and I told you that a river of life was going to flow through America. Three days later, the Supreme Court handed down the decision. That same anointing I feel in that moment, I feel right now, to pray against human trafficking. That the largest rings are about to be caught. Come on, will you help me pray? Our children are not for sale. I said our children are not for sale. I'm going to look right into this camera. I want you to begin to pray in the spirit. Father, in the name of Jesus, I curse every human trafficking ring. I curse it in the name of Jesus. I bind every demonic entity that's behind it. And I say, be brought to justice. Be brought to justice swiftly and firmly. I curse every ring now. Every diabolical demonic ring. It's shut down, brought down. Burn it out, Holy Ghost. Burn it out. Bring them to justice. And Father, I pray for our children. That every children, that every child has been kidnapped. Because of human, let them be returned. Let them be returned. Let them be returned. Let them be found. Not by might. Not by power but by the spirit of god we declare it here on earth as it is in heaven in the name of jesus if you believe it's about to happen somebody shout 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 come on shout for the victory walls are falling walls are falling I feel the glory of God. Listen, if you need to go, go. We're not holding you here. But there is something happening. 
we're about to leave this room so on fire. Waitresses are about to get saved. People at the Starbucks are about to get saved. Reach over, put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder if you feel comfortable. Look at me, church. This, is a, this came from Apostle. He said, tell them that if they're going to be here, they're going to, de- they're going to need to be a bringer. Over the next weeks, bring as many people as you can to this house. I already sense it. There is an anointing for prodigal sons and daughters for the worst of the worst to give their hearts to Jesus. I'm telling you, he's about to do it in your... Listen, some of you are going to bring people to church that you won to Jesus while you were at your workplace. This is not the hour to hold your faith back. We're going to make it easy. We've got cards out there, invite cards that you can bring. But I believe your fire is going to speak the loudest. We're about to pray to close this service. We're going to pray one for another. What a day in the house of God. My God. There is a burning. Leave this place on fire, says God. Father, for the person on our left and the person on our right, Holy Spirit, burn in them. Come on, begin to pray for them. Father, I pray with all this impartation, with all this preparation, purpose, this word, Father, Lord, I pray wherever you plant us this week, let us burn. Father, and I declare testimony after testimony this week of people who have won others to Jesus. The time is short. Let us be faithful with the flame. Let us be courageous with the burning. Let us share it with our neighbors, Lord, our friends, our family. Now is the moment, says God. Father, I pray, Lord, blessing now in favor, strength and courage over your people. In the mighty name of Jesus, one last time I emphatically say, Take this church up in flames. In Jesus' name. If you believe it, come on, put your hands together and give Jesus the greatest shout of praise you've given him all morning long. Listen, we prayed. I'm going to release you. Are you happy you came to church today? There are going to be cards, invitation cards in the foyer. Grab them. But whatever you do, Don't let anything put out your flame this week. Leave this building burning. Amen? I'm going to be a guest central for all my first-time guests in just a moment. Make sure you hug a few people and tell them, say, go up in flames. Prophesy to them on the way out. If you want to stay, our prayer team is here to pray with you. If not, God bless you. We love you. Go up in flames in Jesus' name.